Welcome to Popcorn Not Included, our serious movie podcast with serious movie talk talking on it. I'm Matt, and with me is my wife, Maggie. Hi. <laughs> okay, that's great. This is a much better intro than the previous one. What what, what voice was that supposed that's to be? That's my serious voice. Oh. Hi. Uh, what I did you do? I just did, like, as deep as I could, even though I, I okay. still have my sore throat, so it's... It's, hi. it's hi hi is that is that like like uh serious uh, is a, a christian bale batman i can't do that <laughs> whoa could you try what's a line i should say um hmm. where are the drugs he doesn't say that he does say that in batman begins well i haven't seen that one as many times as i've seen the dark knight give me a dark knight line oh um the joker cannot win or does gary oldman say that no, uh i think gary oldman says that the joker can't rachel win. <laughs> no that's harvey dent <laughs> no when he goes to get he said where are you going rachel okay <laughs> maybe yeah but i'm thinking of when when harvey dent screams rachel yeah, that's a scary point. Yeah. I usually mm. jump. Mm. Um, <laughs> Hi, we're not. We're, anyway, we're not talking about we're any, not of talking the, about any, of, any of the Batman movies, but we are talking about a superhero movie. Yeah. Not because the show is primarily about superheroes. It's just there's a lot of superhero movies. That's all anybody makes anymore. It's all anybody makes anymore. <sighs> um, it's almost like we need somebody to save us from superhero movies, like maybe Incredibles too that's a that didn't work very well i'm you, sorry you know what do you want to try again Who, I do, no okay no i don't actually uh, okay we're gonna we're gonna mix it up Just on this one because through. thanks uh i was trying to <laughs> <laughs> uh we're gonna we're gonna this is gonna be an interesting one because uh right off the bat i, I don't think we agree about this movie uh and uh so this is this is gonna be interesting Oh, <laughs> Incredibles two! Um, after fourteen years, uh, there's finally a sequel to The Incredibles, which is one of the Pixar movies that was kind of most seemed like, oh wow, you could really make a sequel to this. There's lots of places you could go with, with this. This is a really great concept. Mm-hmm. When are they going to make a sequel? Fourteen years later, you know, Cars two and three happens. Prequels to Monsters Inc. Um, sequel to to Finding Nemo, and yeah, so finally we're we're here. So, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's also I think it's most people that I know's favorite Pixar movie. I know a lot of people who say The Incredibles is the best Pixar movie. See, I, I think I probably would have been more inclined to say that before we watched it again recently. See our uh, previous podcast about The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Um, because so, we did watch that um, not too long ago and uh, kind of review it in preparation for this movie. Uh, and so, you know, having that fresh in our minds, uh, it was an interesting experience because uh, Incredibles 2 picks up like, boom, right mm-hmm. where <laughs> the previous movie ends, which is interesting given the fact that it's for us in real life it's been 14 years but hey you know what it's an animated movie so you can just do that i really didn't mind that um they seem to have said that like i I remember the first time i saw it and you know that was the end of the movie the lights went dark and everybody was like oh that's the sequel 
Um, yeah. So I, I don't mind that that's what happened. Yeah. Um, they literally did. Yeah. The, the John Ratzenberger cameo of right. the original movie, the underminer character is like, yeah. okay, yep. He's in the beginning of this. So um, we're going to go ahead and kind of give some general impressions. And then I think, you know, our, our like ratings of the movie. Um, but I think we're going to keep that pretty short because um, probably most of what we're yeah. going to have to say is spoiler territory. Uh, not that this is like a super spoilable film, but uh, yeah. we'll we're going to have to get into the detail mm-hmm. of it to explain um, our our feelings on it more in depth. But yeah, the the basic premise is this is just this follows on from the first one. Superheroes are still illegal, and uh, if you've seen the trailers for it, you know that. Uh, Mrs. Incredible kind of goes off and tries to do this thing to uh, help superheroes uh, become legal and so that they uh, are allowed to, you know, their kids are allowed to have that choice in the future and people can kind of uh, go about uh, using their gifts, uh, their superhero gifting. So, um, and Mr. Incredible and Mr. Incredible is stay at home dad. Yes. <laughs> and has, uh, yeah, he, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, uh, and so yeah, that's the basic premise of the movie. Um, and it kind of, and it kind of goes from there. So, mm-hmm. uh, what did you over, what were your like overall impressions of this movie? <laughs> overall, I thought this movie did a lot of things, right? Um, the family dynamic is still great. The characters are great. There are a lot of really funny moments that I really enjoy. Um, I'm disappointed. Are you disappointed or did you not like it? Because I didn't like it. Yeah. That's what you said to me when we left the theater. And I was, I was sort of taken aback at, at, I sort of understand where you're coming from and probably the arguments you're going to state later. Like, ah, I don't know that I really disagree with them, but I don't think they bother me the same way or to the same extent. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll do my best in this to keep it to this movie, but I do think my reaction is in the context of the 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 Pixar movies of late. Mm. Um well, whereas I think, I think the fair. original the original gosh probably like 8 of them I just thought were incredible. Um no pun intended. I thought you they did were the great. Thing. I did the thing. I thought they were great. And then the last several it's been only a, a handful, only a couple that I've thought were as good as the first few. Um, and so this one, I had high hopes that it would be, I didn't think it would be as good as the first, but I thought it mm-hmm. would be in that plane. And I really didn't think it was. You, you thought it would be kind of a, a hearkening back to the glory days of Pixar. Yeah, totally. The, the golden age. Totally. The golden age of supers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. I... I think the things you said about the character stuff is really good. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, uh, a lot of it's executed really well. A lot, a lot of it's, a lot of the subject matter is handled nicely. I think, um, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with it, mm-hmm. but I did go in with slightly lowered expectations because I did, I didn't like scan a whole bunch of reviews before. I, I usually try not to with movies that I'm already kind of sold on. Cause mm-hmm. I would rather not have, 
other reviewers color my expectation on things, but I happened to, to watch one review of it. Um, and it really, it really devastated me because it was, it was, it was kind of like, I think the reviewer started out with this should be better. Yeah. And I was like, Ooh, yeah, that's, that's not what you want to hear after 14 years. You, you hope that like the filmmakers, had a really good reason to bring this thing back yeah. had um just a good script and and some That's great part of my ideas. frustration if this hadn't been so if they hadn't had so much time i i might give them a more slack um but because they had so long to make it i'm just like mm. Yeah, and that's the, another thing this reviewer said is that he felt like this movie was the kind of thing they would have rushed out two or three years after the original yeah. as a follow-up. Yeah. And I don't think I agree with that. Mm. Um, but I understand why some people would reach that conclusion. So um, that stuff is getting, <laughs> you know, we're, we're starting to get towards where we need to talk about spoilers. But before we do... Um, we've been rating these movies this is this is your fault uh because you suggested we do this the first episode and and now we have to do it with movies yeah so um i don't know if you've really thought about it (laughs) not really um i mean i'll do it anyway i yeah i mean look these are these are like non-binding right (laughs) because the thing is like i if i i'm i wonder how i would enjoy the movie a second time and I wonder how you would enjoy the movie a second time. I like, do too. Like yeah. knowing that it's sort of disappointing in some ways to you, would you enjoy it more the second time it, because you're going to be less let down? Or would you kind of double down on your your criticisms? And would I, um, having had fun with it, would I start to see more of the cracks? I don't know. We've only seen it once a piece. Right. So we're speaking from where we are right now. And that's the the kind of interesting thing with movies. Um, yeah, I don't and, know. And like my rating of the first Incredibles movie was lower than I would have given it at any point in the past, mm-hmm. um, just because uh, I would. Yeah, I th- I think that some of the sheen was off of it a little bit for me. Still a great movie, um, but I was I was surprised I didn't feel quite as strongly about it as I used to mm-hmm. when we watched it. Yeah. Yep. So, um, I, I think I would probably give this like, uh, I think I'd probably give it like four stars. Four or five. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Two and a half. It's a wow. solid C. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought about it cause I thought mm, maybe, maybe three and a half cause I gave the first one four and a half and like mm, a whole star reduction seems proper and appropriate. But I also think like, you know what, just, uh, the, the way that you rate movies, um, proximity has a lot to do with it, right? So you could, yeah, I can still say that like the uh, Incredibles, the Incredibles one is like in the, the, the pantheon of like modern classics and still mm-hmm. say, well, I wouldn't personally give it five stars because this and this and this. Um, did I give it, I gave it four and a half too, I think. No, you gave it five. Did I? Yeah. Really? I'm pretty sure you did. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's, we're, it's on recording. It's we fine. Could, we can listen to our. There's own not show. a whole lot of difference between four and a half and five. <laughs> I mean, I th- I think that people when you when you give something full marks, people are like, oh well, ooh, that mean that means something. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, I, I think that's um. Anyway, 
I could justify either of those ratings, so, really. But yeah. Um, two and a half. Two and a half. And four. I, so what's frustrating about... Is that a bigger split than we had even on... Uh, the, the movie a we've disagreed place. most about is A Quiet Place mm-hmm. so far. Um, this might be the same. I might have given it four and you may have given it two and a half. Yeah. I give that it something like two and a half. Yeah, you didn't like it. Because it was well made, but I just didn't right. like it. See, part of my issue with scoring it is I think they did a lot of really hard things really well and some more easy things they bombed Mm. um just like kind of basic storytelling issues i have with it Mm -hmm. um that are like okay guys um (laughs) you you could have done better here but some of the more sophisticated character interaction humor yeah things they did very very well so it's it's hard to rank in that so purely based on my enjoyment of it kind of two and a half stars yeah and see uh it's based purely on my enjoyment that i'm giving it for Mm -hmm. because i i could look at the stuff that you have problems with and say like oh yes this should this should bring it down but Mm -hmm. when i really just gut impression i had i had fun with it yeah Uh, i did for most of it it wasn't until the last half hour it fell apart for me right um i really enjoyed the first hour yeah um and then i was like oh so, uh, oh. I guess for me, that's, that's like a, that's a recommendation. Go out and see them. I mean, I think even you would probably yeah, say that people, totally. people, it's well worth, worth seeing and mm-hmm. people should make up their own minds about what they think about it. I mean, even, I, I still think Pixar has probably yet to make a truly bad movie. Now I haven't seen I haven't some seen of cars. <laughs> is it, which cars is supposed to be terrible? Okay, you, know, you know what? The, maybe just forget I said that. <laughs> Um, no, I think I think Cars Three was supposed to be kind yeah, of all right. I think it was right. the second Two one. Was kind of just like, what are they doing? It's all this like spy stuff. Oh. And Michael Caine's in it. <laughs> are you gonna do your impression? Michael Caine. The eagle. It's I'm there. a car. It's very nice. I'm a race car and a secret agent. <laughs> yeah, the first Cars was all right. Um, I know a lot of people really liked it, particularly young boys. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. Yeah, um, I, I think I still think it would be interesting to go back and and revisit some of the older Pixar movies that that you and I haven't seen yeah. for a while. We've been talking about Monsters Inc. because yeah. it's been a long time I would like since to I've seen Monsters Inc. I would like to rewatch Ratatouille, um, which is another I like that another one. Brad Bird yeah. uh, movie, I the one like he did after the first Incredibles, and then mm-hmm. he went off into live action world for a while. Yeah, <laughs> to I've varying seen, degrees of success. I've seen Ratatouille fairly recently within I the last haven't. five years that's uh, not that recent no, five years long is a while yeah anyway. i don't remember the last time i saw it yeah. so i like it yeah i think it's good they're, they're, it's we, a little weird obviously we, it's always been a little weird but yeah it's good um so i think we're gonna we're gonna cut it here and well we're gonna go into spoilers here mm-hmm. rather um so you you have been warned. Yeah, it's not super spoilable, but if you like right. really care about plot points, I mean, then, you know, I go think, see it. I think the concern about spoilers is maybe a little over overwrought because I I think if something is truly good, it can pull you in even if you know mm-hmm. sort of the vague outline of the plot. Um, so much a, of of this stuff is about execution and not the ideas as much but um i think that's pertinent to the conversation about incredibles too because i think 
you the problems with Incredibles two are largely that it is too similar to the first Incredibles in in sort of its plot structure. Uh, maybe not what you fill that in with, but the plot structure is quite similar because, of course, the the plot in the similarities are one or the other of the parents goes off to work for somebody involved in like trying to get them to go back to hero work. Mm -hmm. Um, and somebody associated with that ends up being the villain. Mm -hmm. So that's the same with the first and the second movie. Um, there's some slight tweaks on it in each, but in broad strokes, like, yeah, okay. It's overall, it's kind of the same plot. And then you have the other parent who is back with the kids um, and kind of doing some other stuff. Um, yeah. and then they all join up at the end, uh, along with Frozone and, uh, it's, it, yeah, they're structurally similar, but, uh, I think that bothers me less than it, it initially did because I think the execution of what they're trying to do is really good for the most part. And I, I think, in a lot of ways, Incredibles 2 might be more sophisticated than the first movie. Hmm. Why do you say, what, what do you think is better about it? Or more sophisticated? I didn't say better, necessarily. Okay. yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, I, th I think that the villain is more sophisticated in her, like, philosophy. Um, the, 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 the bad guy in the first Incredibles is just, like... Oh, he was angry about a thing that happened when he was a kid. It's it, it's straight revenge. It, it's well, it's interesting because people have talked about the first Incredibles now, um, and said like this is an example of like toxic fandom, which is a thing that <laughs> uh, that's which is a term we have now invented. Yeah, even though it's a thing that's existed for a long time, you know, right mm -hmm. right now you have like angry fans um, of like Star Wars chasing actors off of Twitter and stuff mm -hmm. like and Instagram and things like that. And you know, all that stuff sucks. You just, you cannot like a movie, but also treat everybody involved with it humanely. It's, yeah. it's actually pretty easy to do uh -huh. that. Uh -huh. Um, and, and so like syndrome is kind of like the creepy stalker fan in a way. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to like takes it way too far and can't handle the rejection of his hero. Um, and, but I think that's kind of as deep as that character goes. Um, sure. And I think this movie is, um, you have, you have the brother and sister character, um, <laughs> whose names I don't remember. I don't remember them either. Um, and, uh, you, and at first I thought, oh yeah, it's the brother. Cause like, he's a rich, like telecom um, he's a telecom. He's the owner uh, operator of a telecommunications company, and you can't get much more evil than that, really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> espe especially nowadays with what with the death of net neutrality in America. But mm. uh, we don't need to bring up soft spots for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I thought, oh well, you know, of course, there it's going to be like the big business owner is is the bad guy, and nope, mm -hmm. it's his it's his sister. Um, who works with him, but she's like the inventor, which is right. funny. Cause like, Oh, both of the villains in these incredible movies have been non superhero, non super powered people who are just like inventors and smart people, which is kind of interesting because the other thing you have kind of, uh, 
around the, the conversation around these movies is like, Oh, they're, they're like touting objectivist philosophy, like Anne Randian kind of like that you're, you're holding superior people back and not allowing in like, well, actually it's, that's not really what's going on. Uh, but I can see where, where people would get that anyway. There's, uh, it's funny. Cause like these movies are, uh, they're so much more sophisticated and philosophical than your average, like superhero movie, the, the like of which has come out in, in yeah. mass between the first and the second Incredibles movie. Oh, yeah. This one was certainly tried to have a capital S something to say, I actually think they tried for a few different things and I don't think any of them were, were resolved or like, I don't think they finished any of them, but it, they had the, at the very beginning, there's the, the dinner conversation between Mr. and Mrs. Credible about, do I f- follow unjust laws or not? Um, mm-hmm. Then there's the, you know, are we this passive culture that wants people to come save us? And then this other right. thing about being too tied to screens, which, and I don't really even know that what they were really going for with that. Well, there's that whole uh, screen slaver uh, monologue while like Mrs. Yeah. Incredible, she's like running along the rooftops mm-hmm. and trying to find uh, the hideout. Yeah. Well, it, it does both of those. It does the, well, and, the and you want somebody to save you and also you're so attached to the screen and I don't really understand. That monologue was a, was a red herring. Like the fact that it was backgrounded, um, it, it was really like going on while we're watching Elastigirl kind of do her thing. Yeah. Um, and I think it was kind of like a little, it was a little hard to hear under like the music and sound effects because it's actually not important. Um, because it was, uh, it wasn't, no, Oh, no, see, because, I, got, because the, I thought it was like, no, this is the thesis statement of the villain. No, because the screen slaver is fake is, is like, is a made up persona to distract from what's really going on. Like, you don't think I'd, that's her actual stance? No, I think her whole thing was to just destroy superheroes. Now I think in general, like, it was less about, oh, technology, we're too dependent on technology and more about we're too dependent on things, whether it's superheroes or technology or whatever it is, is making us lazy. But I think the specifics of the like screen slaver speech, I, I could tell just by the way it was written, like this isn't actually supposed to be like uh, important, it, that important. See, I thought that was her stance. No, I, I mean, like, maybe partially, but I, I think it was like, overwritten on purpose because mm. because that was the uh, in the movie it, that was the distraction that so was, then what do you think the villain was trying to say well she did she wanted to get rid of superheroes why because because she had um she blamed the she, she because pe- she felt like people were relying on them too much it was more of a an over-reliance on like other people and superheroes and and technology and okay. it, it was it's more all encompassing than just like people look at their phones too much. Yeah. Okay. And so with their dad stuff. Right. And so in a way, actually the villain is espousing more of an Anne Randian kind of objectivist philosophy. Um, if you needed more proof that these movies aren't like pro objectivist. <laughs> uh I would say that my primary complaint with the movie is that it's just a little bit too predictable mm-hmm. because you know, okay, yeah, the villain is, is one of these people that she's working for. Maybe both of them. I don't know. 
Well, so hold on. Let's because you said that you think this she is more sophisticated villain than syndrome. Mm-hmm. Why? Um, I I just think there's more a little bit more going on with that argument than personal vendetta. Isn't it still a personal vendetta because she's just mad that her dad tried to be yeah but, reached out to superheroes but and there's a large yes but she's made a larger point out of it whereas like I, okay i mean i guess it, look syndrome's larger point was what like i will invent things that will give people the ability to be super and then no one will be super yeah like eh, there's not that's not really a as sophisticated a philosophical point to to me um I guess I see this is from like, I just, I found all of this so muddled. Um, I was like, I don't, the only point that I can see that you're trying I'll get into my issue with it later, but I, I was trying to pick your brain cause you seem to have more of a clear idea about who this character even was than I did. Yeah. I mean, I've read some, some okay. takes on the character and I don't necessarily agree with some people are really, um, really super into, that and and i don't think it's i don't think it's like a super uh airtight or complicated um villain motivation per se Mm -hmm. but i think it's like maybe above average but i understand that the the execution of it in terms of like the plot like it was obvious so it feels like a little less consequential because the audience is way ahead of it well the the consequential part to me i have an issue with because She's literally just trying to maintain the status quo. She wants superheroes to stay illegal. That's her bot. That's her stated goal, which I just think is so boring. <laughs> like, really, because at least Cinder was trying to kill them <laughs> and then eradicate them by technology. Well, but but she literally just wants to keep them illegal, which they already are. Right, but that's clearly not what they want. And and like you're 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 basically saying like we're. She wants to keep it's basically the oppression of these people in in this conception of this world. She's basically saying you cannot be um, what you are. You ha- she, you're, you're making this argument way better than she is. Um, well, no, I'm not arguing for her. I'm I saying guess. I'm saying like because the the point of view characters of of this entire universe, even the you know most of the secondary characters, or at least you know syndrome or sorry, not syndrome. Um, <laughs> Frozone. Frozone. Thank you. Um, th- uh, the 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 characters that we most sympathize with are all superheroes. Yeah, uh, are all these special ability. So this the way that it works in the Incredibles universe. It feels a little bit more like an X Men kind of universe where people are born with these superpowers, um, and that's how it is in X Men. People are mutants, and they are not. In a lot of the X-Men canon, they're underground and they're not um, they're not publicly known about. And uh, there is a sort of war of philosophy where the bad guy, Magneto, thinks humans will never accept mutants. They'll try to destroy us because they are afraid of what they can't control and what they can't understand. And he's right. Yeah. Um, and yes. Charles Xavier, Professor X, is the good guy saying, no, we can learn to control our powers. We can do good with them. We can, you know, basically, um, we can, we, we can, uh, be better, mm-hmm. uh, than, than, than that fear and not give in to it. And he's also right. And like morally, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of them is pragmatically right. And one of them is morally right. And it's a super interesting conflict over in the X-Men universe. This has, because of how the, 
Incredibles universe sort of works, you get a little bit of that conflict in it. Um, because it's not that these people like chose to have these abilities. They do make of that metaphor what you will. But, uh, I think that, you know, keeping the status quo when, you know, so I think maybe where the, the, the movie harms its case is that the very beginning fight is the underminer and, then they then they're like, oh no, you caused all this damage, you know, stopping the underminer. So and super- you didn't even catch him, <laughs> right? And so superheroes are illegal, are still illegal, and they're gonna be illegal because look at all this damage you caused. Mm-hmm. What they really should have done is made the push for the legalization of supers to be a thing already in motion because they saved the city from syndrome in the previous movie, right? Um, they should have skipped all this nonsense about reinforcing the whole idea of, Oh, this is why I, I kind of get from a plot standpoint, why they wanted to reinforce the, the, you know, sort of con side of having superheroes that, you know, uh, but I think it weakens the plot and it makes it make sort of less sense because the, the motion should have been like, Oh man, superheroes are going to get legalized now because look at this good thing that they just did in the last movie. Right. Um, yeah, what you're describing sounds, uh, if nothing less, more clear, um, cause it's what you're describing sounds much more sophisticated and, and interesting than I think the movie was. And maybe that is what possibly. they were going for, which I would have liked to seen, to have seen. Um, but I didn't, I really didn't get any of that from viewing it. Yeah. I mean, some of that is. Um, some of that is external to the movie, probably a little bit, like certainly the stuff about X-Men, but we know a little bit about how it works in universe because Mm -hmm. the Incredibles have a kid. Um, they have, they have have three kids. kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, specifically the Jack, Jack with the baby, because you're seeing how that stuff works with the, like they didn't think he had powers and now he does, which I was really confused by, but I guess I remember like they never, see that he has powers yeah. because only syndrome sees that when he's going up to yeah, the, his plane I misremembered it i thought that mrs incredible was the one holding him when he had his powers which is why the whole time i was like did you guys seriously just erase that because she's all upset that i missed his first power and i was like yeah. no you didn't you were holding him and then oh no that was no sorry she, he, no he's just smiling at her yeah when yeah. that's going but on and the plane's into, exploding yeah that's right yeah he turns into angry scary troll hulk thing wins yeah. with syndrome yeah um so, so that was a weird thing, um, but it, it's it's accurate. It it, it, it works. Is, yeah, uh, okay. it's just I I really thought that they knew. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> because right. the audience does. Right, I had forgotten that. Um, Apparently, the babysitter didn't never tell them. <laughs> yeah, right. Good job, Ditsy or whatever her name was. Yeah, Carrie, I think. Mozart makes babies smart. <laughs> There's a whole. Corey. Is it? There's Corey a whole uh, a short in the first this, Incredibles about the babysitting incident. Yeah. Yeah. This is Corey, Carrie. What is her name? I don't I know. See, whatever. It's I fine. thought it was Carrie. It's something, it's something like that. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first one. We're not, we're not debating the no, first yeah, one. No, yeah. All she says is Jack Jack's been acting really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. And, you know, there was a lot going on, so mm-hmm. them not following up on that is 
is maybe understandable because they literally don't have a house at the end of the movie. Yeah. I did like how all that stuff, all the fallout of the first movie really did like move into this one. Mm-hmm. Um, the, at first I was disappointed that they didn't do a time jump for this movie. Cause I, I felt like, well, it could be, have more opportunity to be more different if they, you know, moved the time up and obviously you can do anything you want to in an animated feature and it has been 14 years, but I, I, I think I understand why they did that. Uh, yeah. I mean, so like Violet would have been out of college at that point. Violet would have been like in her thirties. Well, I'm not saying move it 14 Dash years up, but oh. like, you know, just go, uh, Five years, you know, something like that. Get, get a little bit different stations in life. Oh. Give a little bit of time to like, then you could have said like, superheroes have been legal again for five years. And mm. then you have this, this villain who wants to get them outlawed again or something like that. Right. Yeah. That could have maybe worked too. So uh, part of me is a little bit, you know, I, they did a lot of fun stuff with Jack Jack as a baby yeah. to, to really like pull me in to, okay. Yeah, you you did you did a, a, a fun job with keeping the characters the same age. Well, and they're they're kind of they're good ages, especially to see Mister Incredible home with them, right? Because of Violet's mm-hmm. in either like middle or high school, so she's she's full into the like the the puberty boys stuff. Right. Uh, Dash is in elementary school, and so he's doing the school homework stuff, and then Jack Jack is a baby, and so he's doing the. Baby stuff. Baby stuff. <laughs> and so Mr. Incredible has to deal with all three. Um, and that's a handful. Yeah. Did, especially when they have superpowers. Did the Mr. Incredible storyline work better for you than the Elastigirl storyline? Um, yes, with the exception of one little piece. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, well, and Family Man, Mr. Incredible, worked was the highlight of the movie for me. Yeah. He was hilarious. Mm-hmm. He was... Um, he, he was... Um, What's the the word? Um, it was easy to empathize with. Mm. He had that great scene with Violet and say, you know, I'm just trying to do the right thing, and I don't know what that is. Yeah, um, that was that was one of the best scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he had those. Those were the best parts of the movie. Stuff like that for me makes me me think like this is still a quality thing. You mm-hmm. know, this is this is not like maybe you're disappointed for various reasons, but like this is a still has some of the essence of the original. Yes. Um, and yes. It, is, it is a worthwhile thing that was made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, um, it, it echoes what I have heard. Some of the difficulties of parenting are where it seems like, um, that would be very relatable. Um, and really kind of emotional to see, um, in that that perfect middle ground where it's not it's not sappy it's not um it just it still seems real it's a little over the top right because because of all jack jack's powers um yeah but in a still believable for that universe kind of way um yeah uh, and that's I, impressive it's interesting because i i in the previous movie i didn't really like the jack jack stuff uh, I just thought it, I just found it kind of off-putting, hmm. um, and in the previews for this, all the Jack Jack stuff, I was like, yeah, like okay, um, and I really enjoyed it. I don't really go for like slapstick 
uh, humor and it's not like especially slapstick, but it is physical comedy and it's, it's, you know, more cartoon comedy. It still keeps the, the believability of the Incredibles world doesn't completely go Looney Tunes with anything, but, uh, that stuff was a lot of fun. It was very funny and it wasn't annoying. No. Crucially. <laughs> yeah, uh, the scene with him fighting the raccoon is hysterical. This, that's that's a really good scene. The scene where he goes to see Edna. Uh, yeah. Was, I mean, look, Edna's always fun to see. Mm-hmm. It was. I think it was probably some people would be disappointed that it wasn't enough Edna, but I think it was just the right amount. It's the same amount as in the first movie, really. It's a little less, I think. Maybe a little, yeah. A little less. Um, but you. that's a character, like, you want to keep that character... She could easily be too much. Yes. Mm -hmm. It is like a, not quite to this extent, but it's kind of a Jack Sparrow character. Like if you over that, don't make this character a main character. Please don't. You will ruin this (laughs) character. Matt does not want to see the Edna spinoff. No, (laughs) (laughs) no, that's okay. I don't think Brad Bird would do it. (laughs) Cause he'd have to voice voice act it. Yes. Yeah, uh, I think my my favorite scene is when they go to the diner to see Tony, and she like does the water out her nose, and he says she usually doesn't drip like this, which <laughs> kills me. That was a good scene. That's yeah. hilarious. I, I, yeah, I think pretty much everything with the Mister Incredible storyline I thought was pretty great, and um, I think this is another thing that will be dividing to people, but. He, he starts off as, you know, kind of being overwhelmed, being very bad at it because mm-hmm. uh, he's gone to, you know, a day job for presumably the entirety of the kids' lives. Mm-hmm. So he's never really done the stay-at-home dad thing. And so, yeah, he's going to be bad at it. And I really – but I really liked that at some point he just decided, all right, I'm going to do the best job I can. I'm really going to um, – and he – and he does, you know, he dedicates himself to the tasks and he doesn't just take like, well, I am, I am a dumb, uh, movie dad and I'm here for the Pratt falls. And no, he like, mm-hmm. and I really appreciated that they didn't just say like, um, that he wasn't capable of doing that. Uh, I, I thought in the same way that, uh, that so often, action movie roles and you know this is on the elastigirl side of things where where like women have felt disenfranchised about that kind of stuff um and they want to see female examples doing sort of traditionally masculine or more difficult jobs whether they be like cops or you just want to be the one to save the world sometime yes that kind of thing flashier job or, yeah, but or yeah, just just the kind of, like kind of dangerous and risky and requiring um, those those sorts of attributes, you know. Um, but also, you see, like again, the dumb TV dad, the yeah. Homer Simpson. Is it Homer? Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, it's Homer I always Simpson. get I always get <laughs> Homer and the Sun confused. Um, That's Bart. Okay, Bart, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're. I'm the forgotten one. Your your Peter Griffins and your whoever is with, I don't know, uh, (laughs) other dumb TV dads. There are so many. Somebody's Peter. Peter Griffin. I just said that. Oh, sorry. That's family guy. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. There's lots of them. And and I really like how uh, that was sort of like conversely empowering uh, for men. And I like that, um, like, 
both of these are really important things. And I didn't feel like one was, I, I think you, I mean, usually right. The one is elevated over the other. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't know that that, that wasn't the case here. Um, but I appreciated that they were both, um, that this is, this is a challenge for him, but it's one that he like is, is attainable and that he overcomes and it's really admirable. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's really sweet and it's, it's cool. Cause I did not expect that. I expected it to be mostly a platform for jokes. Mm. Uh, and the fact that it was more than that, I mean, look, I should have given Pixar the credit for that cause they deserve it at this point. Uh, they rarely do anything just as a platform for jokes. That's mm -hmm. that's like a DreamWorks thing. <laughs> oh, I know. I got um, truth coming out. Mm, yeah, um, but I, yeah, I think the the bulk of the movie though is is more about the Elastigirl story and the, all the stuff with the villain as we were kind of discussing before. So, what were what were some of your other issues with the movie? Some of the things that led to you saying. I didn't like it when we came out of the theater. Yeah. Well, it's just, I don't think I like it. Um, yeah. So I just don't think it finished um, with the, the actual end of the movie is the exact end of the first movie, which is probably supposed to be a callback, but I just found annoying of, okay, yep, we're all gonna, there's some sort of big disturbance. Let's all sneak on our masks and then do a sly look at the camera. <laughs> um, and Violet has a date with this guy. Yep. Um, it's the exact same. And I was like, really? We yeah. came all this way for the same end. Poor Violet never even got to go out with the guy. <laughs> um, that, that was just annoying to me. Um, but even like in the, at the end of our podcast, when we talked about the first one is why did I not want, I just wanted to be surprised. Um, and, and nothing about this movie surprised me. Um, except like, yeah, some of the jokes were, were quite funny. Um, and I didn't, like you said, that's not generally my sense of humor. Um, but I, I liked it here. Um, one of the biggest problems I have with it is, is probably me being too picky. Um, but the first movie deals with the Incredibles as a family. And it also talks about Mr. and Mrs. Incredibles marriage, mm. um, yeah. with this stuff with Mirage and is he having an affair? And they do all that so well, mm -hmm. um, and so carefully. And in this one, their marriage is terrible. He starts the movie being this huge, arrogant jerk that, what do you mean you don't want Mr. Incredible? I mean, I'm, I'm the, the best one. No offense or anything, honey. Um, but you can't do this, or at least not to the ability that I can. And so I'm like, oh, okay, your, your storyline here is you're going to go home, see how hard her job at home is, and then watch her go kick butt doing your job, and you're going to be humbled and be proud of your wife. Um, and I think that's great. I really wish, um, like how cool would it have been if the end of this movie, Mr. Incredible is so proud of his wife and, and like the world gets to see that of this man celebrating his wife when I, we don't get to see that very much. Um, and all it ends with is at one point she's like hesitant to finish the job and they say, nope, go finish it. And that's it. He never says sorry. He never, he never acknowledges that he was a jerk. Mm -hmm. He never just like says good job, honey. Um, none of that happens. And I'm bothered by that. 
and it just seems like guys you, you missed a really big um character arc here you missed finishing this part of the story that you started um because you didn't have to do that you didn't have to make him a jerk yeah but you did so now you have to fix it guys because he still looks like a jerk at the end of the movie other than the dad stuff yeah i I don't think he still looks like a jerk at the end of the movie because i mean i had forgotten that for the most part and I, i i understood the rest of the stuff that they did in the movie a shorthand for okay, he learns, get humbled, they accept her, whatever, you say, yay, mom, go off and finish your mission, yay. Um, but, I mean, I understand what you're saying, and it's frustrating because that that could have been alleviated, I feel like, with a couple lines of dialogue. Totally. You're, you know? Yeah. yeah you're, and, and in the first one, it was, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like... They really where, only have, like, one moment where he's he's really emotional about it, and he's like, I can't lose you. Um, and it's a sweet, short little family is my greatest adventure Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a couple, they, and they argue as they're running through the jungle, uh, and kind of are getting some, some stuff worked out there in the midst of the, the scene. Uh, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. And I have a problem with them making him that much of a jerk, but I think it could be read as he's just saying, look, I was the biggest star when the hero thing was going on so like i'm the natural choice to be the uh the poster child for you know for heroes coming back mm-hmm. uh, i thought that's it was clever the way they got around that of the like elastigirl doesn't make as many messes as mm-hmm. you do yeah yeah which is you know like that's uh, that's almost kind of a dig at the uh the amount of collateral damage in superhero movies and especially things like man of steel. Uh, and you know, okay. They, they talk about, you know, the collateral damage and stuff like that, uh, to a degree, you know, it's funny that kind of consequence wasn't really something that you saw in superhero movies, um, Mm -hmm. back when the first Incredibles came out. Yeah. And then, you know, the first Incredibles was very clever with the like, Oh no, this guy is suing because he didn't want to be saved. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's uh, basically it. And you know, and the and g- government lost millions defending these superheroes and stuff, and that sort of stuff. Where it was talking about, you know, and and many years later, you have Captain America: Civil War, where it's, it's it's about basically like, hey, you guys are all vigilantes, and we need you to sign these treaties so that the UN can authorize your actions. Like that stuff comes into mm-hmm. the quote unquote, like real superhero movies. Um, and I only mean real in the sense of like the, the big boys that are like adapting giant comic book universes and, and really committed to the whole, um, the whole bit rather than, well, what was at the time a one-off and who knows if they'll make an Incredibles three. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd be for it, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think they made him too much of a, a little bit too much of a jerk, but I also think that he wasn't, I don't think he was demeaning his wife quite as much as maybe it, it, it came off. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think feel he like meant he, to. I don't feel like he ever said, um, look, honey, you stay at home with the kids and I'll go off and do superhero stuff. No. And he didn't, that was not his attitude in the first movie either. Mm-hmm. He, he was doing like something that he really enjoyed and always felt morally that they should be allowed to do. Um, which is kind of like 
that changes. That's her conviction in this movie. But, uh, and I think I've heard that addressed that she's kind of against it. She's like, okay, that this is illegal. And then at some point she has to come over to saying like, no, 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 we're going to, we're going to change this and gets on team, change the law Mm -hmm. and break the law to change the law. Right. Um, and maybe that's like a little bit too, too much of a, a, a switch up for, for her character, but I don't know. Um, Mr. Incredible invokes the kids in it. Yeah, and that's, that, that's really good, persuasive. <laughs> it is really um, persuasive. Um, and that's part of the, part of uh, where I think like the central conflict and the central theme is like maybe a little bit more sophisticated than the, than the first Incredibles movie. Um, because it's not just like a personal vendetta. Uh, but I don't, I, I don't say that to, to like say this is better than the first Incredibles. Cause I don't, I don't think that. Um, but I, I am surprised that some of the aspects of it are. It just should have been better. Like they, they could have done better and it should have been better. Um, but I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's a bad uh-huh. villain. I do. Um, I don't think the villain is bad. Yeah. I think the setup to the villain is maybe a little problematic for the reasons we've talked about. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think that villain is inherently a bad idea. I don't think it's a bad idea. I do think like she's poorly written. I wonder why. Um, I wonder if the stated reason for not using Mr. Incredible for the whole thing was accurate or if there was like something more nefarious, like it'll be easier to, to like get one over on Elastigirl because Mr. Incredible's just been through this, um, which is maybe the, that is, a, she would have had to manipulate her brother a lot more though, because her brother was like, because she was the one who did all the analysis that came out with Elastigirl has better numbers. Yeah, but she could have f- forged she, she anything totally, she wanted to. She could have. Um, and so that that's what I'm saying is it would have been kind of further manipulation of her brother than I kind of think actually happened. Yeah. Um, well, I thought the dynamic of those two was interesting because, and, and again, I think this is a little bit more of a sophistication there where you have her brother who he's he's ultimately a, a very naive character. Yeah. Um, and I liked that. I liked that he was, you know, this naive and idealistic, um, guy and that his sister used that to her advantage in in some ways. And I don't think she's not like sort of malevolent towards him. She just thinks that he's very wrong. Um, well, she described him as just like a child. Yes. She says he's a child. Yes. Yeah. I think like, okay, that's maybe a little bit much, but he is, um, he's got a little bit of the Batman syndrome of like, bad thing happened to me as child. And I like my entire, wrongs. my entire adult life is dedicated to <laughs> retroactively fixing them, even though they can't be changed. Yeah. I didn't, I don't know why, but I didn't feel anything towards him or the sister, really. I didn't particularly feel bad for them about their dad. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel anything towards them. I mean, I liked him because it was Bob Odenkirk. Ow. See, I thought he was just <laughs> foolish. The whole time he just seemed foolish. Um, and, I was, and I was just like, yeah, it's Saul Goodman. <laughs> and then also uh, the... Uh, the secret agent, uh, uh, old, old man, uh, yeah. Dicker mm-hmm. was, is played by Jonathan Banks, who is, uh, who is Mike Ehrmantraut in, in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. So I was just like, ah, it's a little, it's a little Breaking Bad reunion. Aww. It's great. Yeah. 
Although I can always just, I, I hear that voice, Jonathan Banks, and I'm mm-hmm. just like, it's him. He doesn't do any other voices. It's, it's, it's just this voice. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I, I liked it. I see its flaws. Oh, you know, one thing we didn't even talk about is uh, the action in yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Is, yeah, you were going to bring up action. Yeah, I re- it was good. Um, it was good. Sorry, I was coming back up. I was talking touching. to the mic. I know. Um, yeah, the I'm I'm really not an action movie person. I nope. generally find action scenes boring. Uh-huh. Um, I, these were great. Um, the scene of her chasing down the train on the bike and mm-hmm. going on the, all those little crevices and pedestals and little edges was awesome. Yeah. Um, Through the tunnel and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah going like in two different neat. pieces. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Anytime a superhero chases a train, I always think of Spider-Man 2. Uh, and because <laughs> yeah. that's one of the best uh, superhero action movie scenes ever. Uh, and uh, this, is, this is pretty good in mm-hmm. comparison, which, you know, that's that's saying a lot. It's, well, yeah. it, it seemed um, it seemed creative. So many action scenes yes. can just feel stale and like, yep, it's an action scene. It's a car chase or whatever. Well, they, um, they did a great job incorporating her superpower into the action scenes yes. with how she propels herself, with how she like kind of gets out of jams. She can't fly, but she can sort of turn herself into a wingsuit yeah. and she can turn herself into a parachute mm-hmm. um, and she can like split apart and the, the motorbike that she had split apart, yeah. w- which I, well, was a clever, mm-hmm. clever little detail there. You know, I liked how they reminded us that she's a pilot and so she got to fly mm. some stuff that was like, at yeah. first I was really, could she do that? And then, yep, yep. In yeah, the first she one, she the flies one. the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was clever and just not and utilizing the full yes her full set of talents and super abilities I like that um, that both Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl figure out the villain stuff in their respective movies um, but then they get caught immediately after yeah <laughs> um, but I like that because it's so much better than than the villain getting one over on or continuing to get one over on the the hero because it really makes you feel like ah yes this hero is is clever and proactive and you want those things because that, that really makes you able to cheer for the hero and, and uh, yeah. It, but yeah <laughs> I liked that the kids got some more um, they got more development. Yeah. Um, I, the kids I, got to take charge there and we're going to save mom and dad. I liked that stuff. I'll say this. Uh, I think Dash was shortchanged in this movie. Uh, in what way? I don't think he had much to do. No. Which is fine. I think if you're going to shortchange any of the characters, it probably makes m- the most sense to shortchange Dash. Um, yeah. He's Violet's the same kind of in a more interesting place in life. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, I really, I actually really thought the the way that it opens, the movie opened, was clever with the interview with Tony Reidinger yeah. from the from the end of the first movie, and then they erase his memory. But then the memory erasure becomes like a part of the plot. Um, yeah, and and that was really, that was really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was one of the this. I think uh, maybe net my problem with it is I just I didn't really feel a lot of. Th- things in this movie um and but one of the few times i did is i genuinely feel sorry for violet um when when he's forgotten who she is entirely i felt so sad for her um and the scene of her angsty afterward is great did you immediately pick up on that 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 he'd forgotten who she was not immediately but when he when he said did he say who are you or something like that uh Um, yeah or who he or did he say, I don't know you? I don't, 
something I think like he says that. I don't know. That's when I got it. Yeah, the first right. time I didn't get it. No. Yeah, I, um, I wasn't totally sure, but then I was like, "Oh man, they're they, they mm-hmm. raced his memory. Like yeah. they're gonna do something with this. That's cool." Yeah, that, that was, and it didn't. I didn't pick up the first time that he stood her up. I thought it just went poorly. Oh no! No, you know what? I, I picked up on it that. there because I was like, "You knew I, then." I, I bet. I bet it's because he doesn't even remember. You're her. so smart. Look at you. Well, because they put that in the beginning of the movie, and they, they bothered to make a point of it. Well, yeah, but I didn't figure it out. <laughs> it's that's that's a thing that I wonder if people even knew about because if you saw the short from the the first movie with uh, the babysitter. She gets her memory erased at the end of the short yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, by that agent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that the memory eraser is in the, the actual movie. I don't think it is. No, he mentions not. that they pay to have memories erased um, when an incident happens with supers. Right. Um, so you know that that exists and that's a thing, but it's kind of a footnote. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. know if that, it's also kind of a reference to men in black, which has a memory eraser device. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in Harry Potter too. I mean, yeah, it's, it's um, in a lot of things. A lot of things, but like the whole, the, the, you know, he's a, he's a men in black sort of agent. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I didn't pick up that he had stood her up. Um, so yeah, I was, that was one of the best, um, feels moments. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh man, Violet. Yeah. I, d- I don't think like, I didn't have like a big emotional, like tearjerker reaction to anything that happened in the movie. Um, with, you know, the possible exception of that, one scene with uh, with Mr. Incredible and, and Violet and saying that he doesn't know what the right thing to do is like uh, I don't like I don't need to cry in them but I just yeah. didn't I wasn't emotionally invested in this movie well this is a discussion and I wanted to be a discussion that we had like that night after we saw it mm-hmm. um, that I saw uh, an, a video essay online about how Pixar has become this is like post up they realized, oh man, we're really good at making people cry. And so <laughs> now they, uh, his, his contention was like, they used to be more of like an adventurous sort of feel, which I really got from this movie. Uh, and you get from the first Incredibles and kind of post up, they've been more like tearjerker, emotional, like uh, heart string pulling kind of stuff. And I would say that that's probably true of like, uh, up and inside out and Coco. Yeah, even Coco though, even made I, both of us cry a lot. <laughs> I really like Coco, but it, um, and uh, I think there's probably some of that in, in Finding I mean, Toy Dory. Story three. Fine. Yeah, Toy Story three, but that's it's a cry I, fest. That's an, ex- that's an ex- a special exception because because <laughs> they made it for us. Oh man! So uh, and I I kind of get what they're what what they're the, that person was saying, and the short for this film, the the short that played before it, um, was I think an example of like, okay, they just made that to see if they could get us to cry at this weird doe dream. Um, and if, if you're listening to the spoiler section, then hopefully you saw the movie, and I don't have to explain what that means. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't want to talk about that short. I really didn't mind the short. I liked that it was, you know, you know what? It was some really good looking food, really good looking CG food. Which makes me want to go back and watch Ratatouille and see how it compares to uh, how good the food was in that movie. Because I do, I remember that movie looking really, really good. But when we went back to watch Incredibles, I was like, mm, I see, care, yeah. I see all the like, and I mean, look, obviously this is 14 years later and they're really totally. good at making amazing looking films, but this, this movie looks 
just okay i'll say it incredible it mm-hmm. looks incredible it, yeah uh, um well and but it's still what i like about it is they it clearly doesn't look real right like they don't look like oh, real right. people it's got this definitive style and look to it definitely but it looks good and it and the parts that are supposed to be realistic like water and there's a really cool scene where there's like a reflection of somebody's face on like the general screen like of of the i don't know how to explain this very well i don't know which part you're talking about so i can't help you yeah um which part is this i don't remember okay (laughs) i Um, mean yes reflection just no no but it's not a reflection it's like an overlay of another person on top of the already existing shot Oh, um, is it like a like a floating screen? Yes, okay. kind of. So it's like a screenslaver thing. Mm, no, it was a person's face talking. Hmm. Um, okay, I don't remember, but um, there were a number of things that like that just looked really really good, um, even in their little stylized universe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the art design has always been really great for Incredibles. This this sort of like I don't know mid century kind of like little sixties retro futurism, but mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of old, but it's kind of not actually what the future looked like. Um, yeah, it's neat. Uh, and it continues to be in this, like the, uh, the train is pretty cool, mm-hmm. but I just like maglevs. Honestly, <laughs> I would love to ride one someday as long as it doesn't do that. I mean, all it did was go backwards. It, yeah. It was going to go off the track. Well, aside from that. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been bad. <laughs> One thing that really surprised me was the the scene where Elastigirl finds the the fake screen slaver and there are all those flashing lights. Yeah. Like, I didn't think you could do that anymore because that's like a serious uh, seizure. They had to put out a warning. Yeah. Afterward. I'm shocked that like Disney let them do that at all. I don't know any of those I, rules. I don't have epilepsy. I don't have. I don't get seizures or anything like that. It was uncomfortable. But I, it was uncomfortable. Yeah, and I, I had to kind of like squint a little or yeah. like not fully look at it because um, it lasted a while. It was not it a did. short. It was not just like a, a yeah a, a brief. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I was like it was neat though. Like it looked cool that they could pull that off, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> You know, maybe if it was just a a quick little thing. Mm What did you think about uh, the other characters? uh, Like the new supers? Like the new supers, ones we haven't talked about. Um, They were fine. I I don't really think I felt kind of any way about them. I think it's interesting to um, show... Just that, like they were creative. What was the the reflux? Is hilarious. Like that's just funny. Um, <laughs> that was a really unusual. One. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so some of those were just fun. Um, I I wanted more Frozone. I was really disappointed that he was just kind of an accessory again. That's, um, yeah. I mean that's okay. But, you know. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I wonder if if much like Edna, if there was a if there was too much Frozone that you'd be like, all right. That's, well, so I, don't I feel like what that. they did in this movie is they just made him a caricature and not, they could have made him a real character with more of a story and more who is this guy. And he's still just this sassy friend. I don't think he's a caricature. I, I like, bec- I, they showed a little bit more of him being a family friend instead of just like an old superhero friend. Because yeah. in the first movie you get the scene with him and Mr. Incredible going out and, and doing superhero work when they're not supposed to. Right. Um, and they bond over that. 
in this movie, like he, he comes over to help out uh, Mr. Incredible. And that's a really great little scene. Mm-hmm. He, he, they send him over at the end to protect the kids and stuff happens there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I liked those, um, I liked those moments. I think he was used really well. Mm. I just, I, without, it seems like a missed opportunity. Well, I mean, you want to keep the focus on the family, I think. And I, w- I would totally dig a, you know, a Frozone spinoff. Well, they'd really have to flesh a lot of stuff out with him. It could go either way. But Send him to Wakanda. I would, I would, <laughs> you know, they own all of it. So <laughs> maybe he'll show up in Wreck-It Ralph 3 since. That's just two. No, when they make a Wreck-It Ralph oh, 3, since in oh. 2, they're going to have all the Disney princesses. Wreck-It Ralph is another one that's a tearjerker. See, I, you we, we never finished it. No. Yeah, I've only seen it the one time in the theater. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, there, in, in going back to it, there are, a lot, there are a lot of things that I like about it. But I think just when, when she was revealed as the villain, then I just started being like, really? Um, and it just kind of kept, then I got picky in my head of, I just kept noticing like, this isn't working. This isn't working. This didn't finish. Um, I think the ending could be better because you're right. It is a little bit of, uh, it is kind of just a callback, but I think it could work in the context of look how similar this is to the first one, but the status has changed. Now they can actually, you know, go out and do this. And I I think where this, that's weak is that you think that that's the case in the first movie. You think that when they're doing that, like, Oh, well they did, they, they stopped syndrome. So of course now they're just going to fight villains on the regular, like regular Mm -hmm. superheroes. Right. Yeah. Cause the crowd is clapping and they're happy that they're back and all that stuff. I don't, Oh yeah. In in the syndrome fight. Yes. Not in the, uh, underminer. No. Uh, epilogue yeah so i think that's a little muddled in and that's unfortunate but i just think the the movie for the most part executes where it really matters um which is what the family stuff yeah which is the family stuff i i think the whole mr incredible side of it is really really good i think the elastigirl stuff is really well done with maybe a few exceptions on how the villain stuff was handled. Certainly the action scenes there are, are really neat. Um, and I, and I like how she remains a balanced character. I like that she's, um, she's feeling torn between her family and going out and doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's not just like, yeah, uh, I'm gonna go girl power, you know, like, uh, yeah. She she's very she's very torn about it, even though like she's capable. She's not questioning like her own sure. capability at any point, um, but more like, am I doing the right thing? Which I mean, also from what I've heard, the mommy guilt is a very real thing. Sure, <laughs> from yeah. my friends who have kids and work. Um, yeah, and so that's a hard decision. So I think yeah, the Incredibles basically brought more or less real life uh, family dynamics into what if they were superheroes? Yeah. And I think the Incredibles two is a continuation of that. And, um, I do understand the problems, but I just, I had a lot of fun with it. As we said before the spoiler section, I'd be really curious what we would say I would on a second viewing yeah. and how much it would hold up or 
clarify things or maybe muddle them more. Yeah. I don't know. I could see me going either way because it's mm-hmm. I'm I'm still just like net disappointed that this wasn't better because it yeah I feel like they made a very similar movie and not as well written and the, this then there were some really really good bits that were really really good on the first one um, but I just. after this long you should have written a better story you should have written a a a more finished story a more interesting story because i know they can like i've seen so many really well-written movies from pixar and this was not one of them and so i don't know i could see me being like yeah that's okay you know there are some not as good pixar sequels especially that are still all right um where I could soften my stance, but I could also see me being like, yeah, man, this is just weak sauce. Yeah. I, I could I could also see going either way. A- at present, I don't think it's a terribly written movie. Uh, I think it's it, it's a pretty well-written movie with like maybe a couple of bad decisions about the structure. Um, but the the overall quality is is there for me. I know you're not like claiming to be a writer or claiming to (laughs) be like, Oh, I could have done it better. But what kind of stuff do you think they could have done for a sequel? Cause I've tried to think about, well, where would you take this? Yeah. And I didn't immediately come up with anything better. And and so I'm like, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm satisfied with where they took it. Could have been better, but, uh, it's still pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty terrible at coming up with twists, um, but I I would have liked to see. Uh, okay, supers are allowed, um, so okay, let's. Part of what was also hard is you know, Syndrome killed everybody, guys. Um, he killed a bunch yeah. of the supers, um, so there really aren't that many, or at least that's what I I thought was the case. Well, the that's end why of the we first meet one. all the new ones right. here instead um, of like. But yeah, laser beam. <laughs> right. I would have loved to see um, supers are legal. And OK, so how do we do that with some of the, the old guys and maybe some conflict with the new ones and getting territorial could have been interesting. Um, yeah, of, of, I would like to see some more Frozone. And then, OK, are there do other people have kids that have powers? What are they doing? OK, that that angle. Because until you said that last thing about the other superheroes have kids with powers or other people have kids with powers, I was I was going to say, okay, but how do you draw the family into this? Yeah, because because um, that's the that's what's good. That's what's so good about it, right? We don't need another superhero movie. It. Yeah, we don't. Um, <laughs> Not really. But no, yeah. Are there are there others like this? Um, how does how does this world function? Because it used to, right? Um, and so, tell me more about the superhero family world and then yeah give me a dang villain that's a real superhero that you want to fight <laughs> yeah i, I think um, if they made an incredibles three the villain really should be you know super powered super, yeah um yeah that's that or at that the very least, like at least not an inventor <laughs> <laughs> yeah we get it you have ideas um no but I, I just i feel like that would have given them so much more ground to breathe in and so much more room to create than this same, you know, I felt like they had to tell another story in the same box. Mm. And I think they could have given themselves a, if not a totally different box, a much bigger box. 
Well, I mean, I think they took the, the logical route of we, they made it a continuation of the first one because yeah. you want a sequel to be that in some form or fashion. And they just took, okay, it's going to be an immediate continuation in, in terms of the, uh, the time, the chronology of it. Yeah. And then you're stuck in the box of, well, we still want to make this thing, you know, an Incredibles movie. What made Incredibles unique? It was the family dynamic in large part. So we're still going to have to center it on the family. Mm-hmm. So if you spend a lot of time on like the world and the other superheroes out there and things being legal, you get away from that pretty fast. Yeah. Which, you know, so having, you know, considered what they're up against, which is basically like you need to tell a story that's a continuation in some significant way that continues on like the world and the characters that you've built but it also kind of keeps it focused on the family. Mr. Dobson uh, loves you. Yeah, Dr. <laughs> Dobson. said it twice now. Dr. Dobson would. Oh, yeah. excuse me, doctor. Doctor. I wasn't raised with uh, him. I don't know about it. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a challenge. You don't just kind of get to go absolutely anywhere with it. Yeah. So, I, I look, obviously, they could have gone many other directions so we're not going to like brainstorm here like a great idea for what they should have done uh but you know given that those those are the like basically the parameters for for making a sequel to this one i understand why they were really hesitant to do it for such a long time Mm -hmm. and two i i understand why they kept it similar and do you think they should have made a second do you think they should have made this yeah I mean, I, yeah, I enjoyed it to me. It, and, and it's one of those sequels that even if you find it a little disappointing to me, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't dilute the first one. Mm, I don't know. It might for me. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. But also having just recently watched the, the first one again, I don't think it's quite as sacred as, as some people maybe do. Um, it's so hard to tell with things that we watched as a kid and yeah. then you revisit it as an adult. Yeah. That's so hard to tell. Uh, so, yeah, I, and, you know, and further, I would like to see an Incredibles 3. I would, too. Um, because I had a, a lot of fun with these characters, and I would like to see, uh, I would like to see more, whatever that would have to be, as long as they could find a way to take it in, you know, a little bit different yeah. direction. Um, and yeah, that is a, that's a pretty big challenge, right? Cause the, the genre of like family drama and superhero don't really align all that well. Like they, they sort of struck gold in the first movie. Totally. Um, and it, it's hard to keep doing that when you're sort of mashing up two genres, which are in some ways at odds with each other in terms of what they require. Mm. Maybe. But I think there's there's obviously a way. Yeah, totally. Um, they got a lot of talented people over there. They do. <laughs> if nothing else, they make very, very nice-looking CG movies. Yeah. It's, which, you know, I, I, I also kind of wish that they could do a remaster of the first Incredibles yeah. and make it look like this because it looks real good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well... That the, 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 I this is not the discussion I expected to have after Incredibles two. No, but, but I mean before we saw it, right? I was I I was kind of surprised that I had a lot of fun and you were like I don't think I like this. I was too. I was really disappointed. <laughs> um, 
I was like disappointed that I didn't like it. Um, cause yeah, it's, I certainly like, I don't like being the grouchy. I didn't like this fun movie. Now you know how it feels to be me. I know. After movies. Yeah. That's usually me. I know. I'm getting soft in my advancing age. And you're rubbing off on me. Maybe it's just how it's happening. Like, "Mm." you know, I haven't really complained about very many movies on this show yet, but there's so much time. (laughs) Where could we go next for movies I don't like? (laughs) Maybe perhaps next time I will be the grouchy one who is, is giving a dissenting opinion on otherwise popular and fun movie. I don't really know the the general consensus on this movie. I haven't heard really anybody talk about it. Yeah. I don't know. That's my take. Uh, yeah. Uh, the general consensus, consensus is, I think, yet to be sort of written and understood. TBD. I do think it's telling that it hasn't been huge. What do you mean it hasn't been huge? It made a lot of money, but it's not making a lot of news. Maybe that's just because of what's going on in the country, but... <laughs> um, I th- I think it's made like a decent amount of news for what it is. Mm. You're not going to get the amount of stories that you, you will about like a new star Wars movie or, you know, it infinity war, but you know, it's a Pixar movie. It's a Pixar movie that is a sequel to a 14 year old movie and that's news. But beyond that, it's maybe not, I, I've seen, I've seen more stuff on it than you seem to have. Yeah. I really haven't seen very much. Um, if that's any indication and, and it's not, I haven't looked though. I also consciously did not look before we saw it. It made a pretty healthy uh, amount of money the first, first week of the box office. Yeah. Totally. But, uh, the second weekend, um, Jurassic world's the sequel to Jurassic world, Jurassic it, universe or something. Y- yes. Jurassic, <laughs> Jurassic galaxy, <laughs> Jurassic time space continuum. With Chris Pratt. He's going to be star Lord oh, in Jurassic world. Now I would see that just Ugh, because no, it's he crazy. He's that character. I know, but I, that's just such a stupid concept that I would see it. So stupid. It might work. No, it wouldn't work. It would be atrocious. <laughs> it would be why, why you watch bad so shark movies. Watch it. No, I wouldn't hate watch it. I would just be like, this is, really dumb this is delightfully bad uh, delightfully bad mm-hmm. okay well so what i'm saying is we probably won't be talking about jurassic world fallen kingdom or whatever it's called next time because i think that looks like garbage there you go kids okay. <laughs> matt thinks it looks like garbage oh and by the way the first jurassic world was garbage Ooh, so maybe that's my opinion there we go i can be the grump after all yeah i never saw it